feel free to open to Second uh, Peter chapter one, verses sixteen through twenty-one. Uh, Patty is going to do our scripture reading for us this morning. Good morning. I'm Patty McFadden, a member of All Saints for I can't remember how long now. Second Peter. 1, 16 through 21. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitness to his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the magic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message that something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as the light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. Uh, The prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, Patty. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're grateful for this opportunity uh, to come back, to gather again uh, on Christmas morning, um, to remember why we have Christmas, why we have this giant, enormous, global holiday of months of anticipation, and it's because of you. Uh, and what you've done, and your word, and your ability to transform lives. Uh, And I pray that you would give us wisdom, give us insight in how to use the scripture, use your word that you have given us uh, as a light that's shining in the dark, as, as something that continues to guide us to you, even as you are not with us here on earth, but you, you've given us this word. Uh, to understand you and to relate to you. So help us to understand that better. Help us to to use that and to lean on that as we go into this new year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm Justin, pastor here, and uh, it is it's really good to be with you all. Um, welcome to those of you who are joining online and, and streaming online. Also, major kudos to, to those of you who are here uh, braving the, the ice and the snow and, uh, and, and Christmas uh, to be here. It's really good. It's been very good to get so much time really in the past um, 24 hours to, to be with you guys. It's been a, a privilege. Uh, and we've been talking about this, this series um, throughout Advent on how God shows up, ways that God shows up throughout history leading to this pinnacle in Jesus, right, in, in Advent of this is kind of the chief 
most clear, most evident way that God shows himself and who he is in Jesus. Uh, But actually this morning I've got kind of one more, a bonus one uh, in this series. I know you're just, just thrilled, feel very privileged about that. And so this is one more in the same series, how God shows up. And it's actually, as we find out in this text, in some ways, a better way than Jesus. And I've entitled this message, More Confirmed Than Jesus, uh, which maybe has, you know, a little provocative, hopefully has some chance to, to keep your attention uh, in the morning when you're listening to a sermon and not opening gifts and eating cookies. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how well that goes. Um, so uh, we're, we're talking about here Peter, uh, and, and, you know, since this is celebrating uh, Christmas on a Sunday, uh, I thought like we should have a little bit of a, a longer sermon time. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to let that one sit. Well, this is going to be shorter. Uh, so, but Peter, in this, in this letter, he's talking about um, really making the case for why what we have in the Bible, which is what this sermon is about, is a better and more reliable way for God to show up than, than anything else that we have. And, and the chief way that the Bible is superior that he's, he's saying here, is that it gives us something more reliable than our experience. The Bible gives us something more reliable than our experience. And I think we can all attest to the importance of this. Uh, because, you know, how many of you, I'm just curious, by, by a show of hands, maybe this, this doesn't happen anymore, but how many of you have seen uh, one of those pet adoption ads, right, with these just really miserable-looking dogs? Anybody seen these? Like, they're just, okay, yeah. There's just, you know, sad, pitiful, poor little puppy dogs, right? And they're just super adorable and neglected. And, you know, one of these things comes on, right? This adopt the dog ad. And, you know, like halfway through the ad, you're, you're scrambling around, digging and rummaging for your phone to, to dial the hotline uh, to save one of these, these creatures. Uh, and then the ad changes. And, you know, you decide, well... I'll wait till the end of the show, and, and then I'll call. Uh, you know, and, and then the show ends, and you, know, you look back at your phone, and you think, wait, what, was I, what was I thinking? Uh, was, that, was that me? Was that real? Like, those things are a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of money, and uh, I'd have to like, turn my whole life upside down. And uh, I, yeah, they, were just, they were just really adorable, and that's, I just thought they were really cute. Uh, and then you forget about it, and you move on with your life. You move on with your day. And, and it's that kind of experience that, that Peter is trying to draw our attention to in this passage. Right? It's the reason why we can be incredibly grateful that God has given us this written word, the Bible, as a reliable way to meet with him, right? to, to learn about who God is, to connect with God, to, to hear about, to know, what does God want me to do with my life? How should I be living my life? Because we all know, you know, right? if you have any wisdom at all, you can't really rely on your, your feelings, on your experiences of, of any one moment. Right? Because here's the thing, experiences fade. Right? Experiences fade. We all know this. And that's why you don't put too much stock 
Again, if you're wise in how you are feeling in a given moment because you don't want to react emotionally or you don't want to get caught up in the heat of a moment right, and, and, and not really be thinking through something. And, and what I'm saying this is not that feelings or emotions aren't important to God. They're very important to God. I just give you one example of this. God commands us that the greatest commandment is to love God. Now, now, love is a lot more than emotion. There's a lot more involved, but it is never less. It's never less than an emotion. Right? And so our feelings, our experiences are, are really important to God. and They're vital parts of our humanity, but when it comes to actually meeting with God, we've got to have something more reliable. We've got to have something more stable. Because our our experiences are going to change. So the main point for us this morning is to go to the Bible for the most reliable way for God to show up. You want God to show up, most reliable way, use the Bible. And Peter, Peter in this passage here, he is building this case for uh, why his audience can know that his message is reliable. Now, and this is really an important question for any of us to consider Right? How do you know that what you believe is reliable? How do you know that? Right? How is it that you, you decide, you land on, hold to the things that you are absolutely, totally, completely true, or you're going to build your life on versus the things that this just appears true, right? this just seems plausible in this moment? Because we all know that we all make mistakes, right? And, and we're, we're, our minds change. And you know, hopefully as you grow and mature, what you believe grows and matures. So how do you know what you believe right now is reliable? And you know, Peter's case, he starts out, he's making this case in verse 16. He says that this message that he has brought, this is the gospel message, right? That Jesus, who's God himself, came down to earth, lived this perfect life. He, he died on the cross for our sins, is raised again. He offers forgiveness to anyone who trusts in him, right? This is the gospel message. And Peter is saying, this message that he brought, this isn't just some cleverly devised story or myth. And I, I think what Peter has in mind here when he says like a cleverly devised story, I, I think what he has in mind are things that are not 100% false. So you know, we have in our world today a lot of, of cleverly devised myths or stories, as I, I think they would fall under that. Or these are things that human teachers, human wisdom, life coaches, right? You know, th- these are things that you can gain some practical value you can gain some wisdom, you can gain some tips from these things, but if you drill down into what is the foundational belief system that these are being built on, it's air. There's nothing. And Peter is saying, that's not what I'm doing here. I'm not just one other self-help guru that's trying to build my own personal following. That's not who I am. That's not who we are. We are eyewitnesses. So what I'm saying to you is... Just I'm sharing, I'm just talking about things that I have seen and heard and experienced in the person of Jesus Christ. I, I'm simply passing along to you my witness 
to this man. I'm not coming up with anything myself. Which, incidentally, is my hope of what I'm doing as a pastor. I think that's what every faithful Christian hopes to do. We're just, just passing along, conveying along, witnessing to what we have seen or heard or experienced from Jesus right, and the life that he offers. And then Peter goes into this last point that he makes, which for our purposes is the most significant one this morning. And he's saying that more than Peter's own eyewitness account, more than Peter's own personal experience, you have something better. You have something better and more reliable than that, and, and that's the Bible. Now, before you just nod and say, okay, great, you know, another sermon about, read, you know, it's important to read the Bible, you've got to think about what it cost Peter to make a statement like this. Peter, at the time he's writing this letter, you've got to remember there's only the Old Testament Scriptures. That's it. There is no New Testament. He's writing part of it. So all he's got is the Old Testament Scriptures. That's in his mind, the Scriptures. And, and Peter looks at that, and he looks at his own personal experience as an intimate, close friend of Jesus for three years living with this guy, talking with him, seeing him do all the signs and miracles, hearing him explain who, who he was in relationship to God. And Peter says, okay, looking at both of those, the Bible's better. I mean, can you imagine the level of humility and conviction in the Scripture it took Peter for, to say something like that? Uh, he had the person of Jesus with him all of the time. All this time that he's walking with, developing this relationship with him, and Peter's able to look back at all that and say, you know what's more reliable than that? It's the Bible. And when he says this, he says the Bible is more reliable than Jesus. It's not as if Jesus is somehow insufficient. It's that the Bible is more reliable in that the Bible's still around. The Bible is still available. The, the Bible is still speaking to and communicating to Peter, whereas Jesus, in his physical body, is in heaven. He's not there anymore. Right? And so Peter is able to think back about his own personal experiences, which in this passage here, he, he talks about this time, breathtaking time, right, where he is on this mountain of transfiguration with Jesus. He hears the voice of God, or the testimony of God coming to him. He has this literal mountaintop experience. He sees Jesus transfigured before his eyes, the glory of God's majesty shining through in the person of Jesus, hears God's voice, Moses is there on the mountain, Elijah is there on the mountain. He has this, this incredible experience, and Peter is able to look at back at all of that, and by the time he is writing this letter, right, however many years later that was, Peter has come to the conclusion that however incredible that experience was, However, it was just mind-blowing and otherworldly that experience was. He, Peter, cannot live the rest of his life on the strength of that experience. He can't live on the strength of that memory. But he, Peter, actually needs the Bible. He has to go back to the Bible to experience Jesus, who's no longer there. And this is a really, the really important 
lesson for us. This is what I want to close with. You know, because I, I think essentially there's two errors that we've got to avoid. Right? And, and one of them is, is what we've been talking about really this whole time. Right? It's, this, it's this idea that the Christian life or a spiritual life is, is chasing these spiritual, powerful experiences. Right? That, that these heightened spiritual experiences without thinking, without understanding that this is, <laughs> it's got to come in the way that God has told us is the way that he's going to connect with us. is in the Bible. As if, you, as if you're going to find and chase this experience and manufacture that. So, that, I mean, that's one error. Right? And th- then the other error, though, and I think, honestly, this one is probably more prevalent uh, in our denomination, in our tradition. And, and that is the error of thinking that the Christian life is a matter of Knowledge, words, facts, accumulating theology and, and systems and structures and you know elaborate long theological terms. Right? That just completely misses the point. We, we go to the Bible, we go to Scripture in order to experience Christ. That's the point. We go to the Bible, we need the Bible, because the Bible is how we gain spiritual experiences. Knowing the Bible, knowing God's Word, is what takes our ordinary, everyday experiences and makes them supernatural. Because we start bringing Jesus in with us. We start understanding and seeing, how does this relate to Jesus? What does He have to say about this? What would he do? What would he have me learn in this normal experience about him? Right? And so we need the Bible and we have to study the Bible. We've got to know the Bible as Christians. Not because you know, experience is bad and knowledge is good. But because experiences fade. Experiences fade. And we need time in the Bible to keep our experiences of Christ fresh. Our experiences of Jesus real and ongoing. So let's pray that in this new year we're, we're able to, to continue taking steps toward that and growing this, this vital relationship. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you so much for your word. You've not left us uh, on our own. You've not left us to, to the whims and the, the fancies and the um, ethereal nature of experiences that, that pass away, that are strong or intense or weak, and, and that, we're, that we're just subject to those, and that's all that we've got but we have something more confirmed that's stable that we can test and think over and, and learn and ponder and, and, and think about what it means about you, what it means for our lives, and it doesn't go anywhere. It's always available. Would you help us this year to, to take advantage of that, to meet with you, to keep our experiences of you fresh? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.